Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny the Gentile Profita. I am flying solo today. A couple things bothering me this week that I thought I would turn the microphones on and talk to you good people. We had we had a couple big news story news stories break recently. One is the Jeffrey Epstein story which broke over the weekend and <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of really weird shit going on in, in those kinds of circles. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And then we had the also over the weekend, the women's U.S. soccer team won the U uh, won the World Cup. And you would think that would be the extent of the story, but of course we have to politicize things. So I'm going to deal with that. So this may be a a shorter episode. Let's just dive right into it, right? So the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, this is a very bizarre saga, okay? For one thing, the more you look into this, the weirder things get. Like every every time I I uncover a new stone in this whole Jeffrey Epstein story, this whole pedophile ring thing that was going on, the crazier things get, right? So it it would be one thing if he was just a pedophile, this billionaire pedophile that was flying underage girls to his private island, whatever. Which is pretty much what we already thought about this guy, right? This is not new information. He was already convicted of some some underage sexual predator stuff, right? And as bad as that is, this whole story gets even worse, it just gets more bizarre. Now, first of all, nobody knows how this guy made his money, okay? He, he is a billionaire, and nobody knows where he got his billions from. That, in and of itself, is very bizarre. Because usually when somebody is that rich, everybody knows how they made their money. But nobody has any idea. It's like this guy just magically made billions of dollars. He's supposed to be this brilliant mathematician. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, he's having a lot of trouble counting to 18 because he has a long history of fiddling bits with younger girls. And he did, he did like a, you'd say a year, but I think like half of it was under house arrest. So it's like he got busted for 
doing something with some underage girl or underage girls, plural. I can't remember. And he had to do like one of those half in, half out kinds of things where you do six months in prison and then the rest of the time they let you under house arrest. I mean, talk about getting off light, right? Because house arrest for a billionaire is like a vacation that you and I would dream of taking. He's got fucking, I don't know, 18 bedrooms, 15 bathrooms, huge palace on the water, pool, beach, jacuzzi, butlers. He's got, I mean, you're probably flying in fucking food from God knows where. So the idea that house arrest is a punishment to a, to a billionaire is just insane to me. But So he does that, right? Okay. Um, those records get sealed somehow. He probably greased some wheels. That whole thing little weird but then you find out that Alex Acosta right the man who arranged for Epstein to get off the hook in Florida for that that um those charges I was just talking about he is now Trump's labor secretary okay so Acosta Alex Acosta worked with Epstein's lawyers to fashion the deal that that got him that that cushy deal where he got you know half prison half house arrest or whatever and now he's US he's the US labor secretary um and he's under investigation for violating federal law when he failed to clear the federal non-prosecution agreement with Epstein's alleged victims so he's under investigation and then the the guy who hired Epstein when he was uh, Jeffrey Epstein, when he was 20 years old, to be a math teacher at this New York City elite private school, it's called Dalton, was Donald Barr, the father of William Barr. William Barr is the current attorney general of the United States. So this is just getting super fucking weird, okay? And it keeps going. The more you dig, the weirder things get. All right. And so when you go down this rabbit hole of this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, what the, the the woman accused of being Jeffrey Epstein's madam, her name is uh oh, I, I'm going to butcher this, like Gislaine Maxwell. Her father, his name was Robert Maxwell. And if you look into this guy, Robert Maxwell had a very mysterious death. This is going back like 30 years now, like 1991. Um, he was on a yacht and he goes missing. It, he was presumed to have fallen overboard somewhere off the coast of the Canary Islands, right? His naked body was subsequently recovered somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. The official ruling of his death was a heart attack slash like accidental drowning. He was also under investigation for war crimes dating back to like World War II. He was being accused of killing some unarmed German guy. So everybody involved in this, there's, there's at least something weird with every person that is 
within like I don't know that game six degrees of Kevin Bacon everybody that's within a couple degrees of this there's something really weird going on there's at least one crazy bizarro thing going on with them and your mind just starts racing all these ideas all these weird thoughts pop in your head about what the hell is going on this guy's naked body washes up on shore who knows what was going on on that yacht and there's all these stories that are just circulating about about Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he had this private jet. They called it the Lolita Express. And he would fly people to his private island or whatever. And they would just have these fucking like underage sex parties. And he would, he would, he had like a bed. He had a bedroom aboard the plane where he would get all these like rich, powerful people to go to bed with some underage girl and he would film the thing and use it as blackmail. That that's like one of the one of the ways that people have speculated that this guy made all his money. That this is just this huge elaborate professional blackmail operation that and he's just kind of like the the fall guy. Like he was operating this thing and somebody was bankrolling it. I, I, who knows at this point. The craziest thing to me is how many people from our government are rubbing elbows with this guy, right? And just how many people in general from our government are involved in this kind of weird shit? You know, you had the whole Pizzagate thing that got uncovered with that the the WikiLeaks dump. And if you remember, this whole like so Hillary Clinton was under investigation, right? For the for the whole classified email thing, right? They wrap up that investigation. Then Anthony Weiner can't keep his fucking dick in his pants. And it turns out that he's, he and his wife, Uma Aberdeen, who, who is Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman, that they're sharing the same computer. And he's doing all this weird underage sex stuff on his computer. He's caught texting, sexting uh, a, a teenage girl who he knew was a teenage girl. And so once he gets busted for this again, the, the feds seize his computer and then they uncover a bunch of those Hillary emails. So that that reopens the whole investigation. Like this guy single-handedly, this guy and his dick literally brought down the Hillary Clinton campaign. And then, of course, speaking of Hillary Clinton, she's married to Bill Clinton, who no doubt is a sexual predator. Best case scenario, he's a sexual predator. Worst case scenario, he's a violent rapist. Um, so she's married to him. Her best friend, her her right hand woman, is Uma Aberdeen. Okay, Uma Aberdeen is married to Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner, serial sex offender, pulling his dick out in front of. And showing it to underage girls, like doing all kinds of, of creepy things. He did some jail time for for fiddling bits with underage girls. And he had that really creepy photo where he had his kid like next to him on the bed. And he was he was sending like these explicit photos to some girl, underage girl. <laughs> and you know, Dave Smith, part of the problem, he made this point where it's just like, who the hell are these people? Who what is going on where not only are you married to 
a serial rapist, but your best friend is also married to a pedophile, and you, you they seem to be rubbing elbows with this Jeffrey Epstein guy who's been convicted of underage sexual assault, and now he's being busted for sex trafficking. You know, they keep flight logs of his Lolita Express plane that they would take to his orgy island, and Bill Clinton's logged on it like 26 fucking times. What is going on here? And now, now that Epstein's back in the news, Donald Trump also is being fucking looped into this. So it, it crosses both sides of the aisle. There is something about there is something about the power of government. This you know, this idea that you can rule over three hundred and twenty million people and being the head of the most powerful organization on the face of the earth that attracts these insane, despicable people who have these bizarre sexual proclivities. I don't know. I mean, you know, the whole thing about Donald Trump being a sexual predator, that's been, you know, they've been trying to stick him with that since he started running. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this Epstein thing has some traction. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But the, the fact that all of these people, the Clintons, Trump, Epstein, all these people that are working for the, uh, the Trump administration, you know, labor secretary, is attorney general. I, I, what the fuck is going on here? This is very bizarre. I, I don't really know what else to say other than I hope anyone involved with this Jeffrey Epstein sexual predator island thing gets their comeuppance. You know, Donald Trump had one of these, one of these quotes that is really not aging well. I don't have it in front of me, but it was pretty revealing to read it after this story broke where he's just like, well, and and the one thing that Trump will say any Trump will tell anybody that you're great as long as you compliment him first. So I don't exactly know the context of this, but it's something along the lines of, oh, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, terrific guy. I hear he loves beautiful women almost as much as I do. But uh, they might be a little bit younger, so uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know. There is just something going on here that is very disturbing. And it it, it should make you wonder. It should make you take a step back and just think about who these people that we're electing to these very important offices, who, who are they? I don't know any sexual predators okay i am not aware of anybody that i rub elbows with that is a rapist that um does that that fiddles bits with underage girls and the fact that you know you could be in line you could be running for president like hillary clinton running for president all right her husband sexual predator accused of raping multiple women your best friend her husband also a fucking pedophile. And then this and and you've and your husband's been on Jeffrey Epstein's plane twenty six times the on the Lolita Express. I mean, this is just like eyes wide shut to the nth degree. This this is like a, a whole world that none of us really like normal people are not familiar with. Very bizarre. 
I, I don't know what else to say other than I just hope everyone that's involved in this whole pedophile ring gets fucking taken down. That's it. Donald Trump included. That's one of the great things about not being one of these partisan hacks whose whole life, whose whole political theory revolves around one of these two parties. I, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. So if Trump is involved in this somehow, he, he needs to go down too. This is all disgusting. And it, and it would be nice if the media had any interest in this. You know, they, they have such outrage over the most ridiculous things. I'm going to talk about one of them here in a minute with the, with the girls' soccer team and the gender wage gap. But they get, they get outraged over Trump's tweets or, you know, like... Um, any of these any of these other things that happened in the me too moment that weren't like nearly to this level where um you know like louis ck is a good example right louis ck was ruined for jerking off in front of women right i mean don't get me wrong it's pretty weird it's a weird thing to do not um not exactly my cup of tea but those were at least adult women he wasn't preying on children and like teenage girls and, and, and people, people get so outraged, you know, they're, they're crashing his, um, they don't want him to ever be able to do stand up again and all this stuff. Um, where all he did was he actually, he would ask women if he could jerk off in front of them. They said, no, that was the end of it. They said, yes. Then, uh, they had a really weird experience. <laughs> I can only imagine, but so the media gets all up in arms about that. And then this Jeffrey Epstein guy just sort of flies under the radar even after being convicted. And he's running some underage sex trafficking ring. Um, and, the, and the guy that broke this story, Mike Cernovich, he's not a mainstream media guy. Mike Cernovich's claim to fame is this documentary that he just did on, on how bad the media is and how corrupt it is and how, how biased. And God bless him. I mean... It, he it wasn't like he just uncovered this story. He had to file a bunch of bunch of things to get these records unsealed and a bunch of lawsuits or whatever to get to the bottom of this. And it just seems like he's the only one that cared. While the rest of the media is out there feigning outrage over the most ridiculous things you could imagine. And I don't know. I feel like if the Clintons weren't involved, if Epstein wasn't a huge Democratic donor, this would be a much bigger story than it was. It's already started to die down. Like the Area 51 stuff is is distracting from all of this now. Rather conveniently, if you ask me. But if this was just connected to Donald Trump, the media would never shut up about it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens because it's there's a lot of crazy aspects and angles to this story. That I think there's a lot more that could come out of the woodwork here. And it's looking like... Epstein might sing like a canary, so we'll see how many people he can he can bring down with him. And um, I don't know. I, I it's very interesting, very interesting to see what shakes out about this. I don't know if I would hold your breath as to some some big some big takedown of all these high profile politicians. They they have too much power. They're too good at weaseling out of these situations. You don't get to be president or in the upper echelons of the federal mafia without learning how to sidestep a few of these landmines. So we'll see what happens. 
I need to pay a couple bills. So let me tell you about our sponsor for the show, and that is, once again, Anchor. Okay, so the U.S. women's soccer team has been all over the news this week. Apparently, they won some big soccer game thing. I don't know. It's World Cup. Nobody really pays attention to this, at least not in America. We watch real sports. (laughs) But they have been all over the news, all over social media, NBC, CNBC, MSNBC, CNN. They've had these players on. And you would think the story would be, hey, we won the hey, we won the World Cup. Look at us. We're awesome at soccer. But no, no, no. Of course not. Not this day and age where we have to politicize everything. The story becomes the women's soccer team isn't paid as much as their male counterparts on the US men's soccer team. And so this has reignited this gender wage gap myth. This bullshit myth that I I almost can't believe that we're still talking about it because it's been debunked so many times. If you just type this into Google, you will get thousands of articles debunking this entire thing. It's complete and utter bullshit, okay? But it persists. They, they still, this is a major pillar of the Democratic platform. This is, uh, the, the propaganda around this is off the charts. Every story about this U.S. women's soccer team was couched in this language where they had to mention the fact that they don't make as much as the men's soccer team does. And so there's something nefarious going on and this gender wage gap and can't we solve this problem and yada, yada, yada. Unbelievable. Okay, it really is the amount of propaganda that goes into this and and just the perpetual lies. It really is. You know, Joseph Goebbels, the minister of propaganda under Adolf Hitler for the for the National Socialist Party of Nazi Germany. You know, he had that famous line. I I forget exactly how it goes, but something along along the lines of, you know, if you're going to lie, tell a big lie and repeat it over and over again. And eventually it becomes the truth. And look no further than the gender wage gap. This is the most ridiculous thing. And it, it, it still persists to this day. We've been talking about this at least since the 60s. In, in, in 1963, they passed the Equal Pay Act. So apparently they thought this was a problem before 1963, and they passed laws to, to address the issue. But um, there is this study that claims women make... 77 cents for every dollar that a man makes for doing the exact same work, okay? So in other words, women make 23% less than men do to do the exact same job under the exact same circumstances and perform exactly the same as the men do, and they make 23% less. All right, now, before we even get into these statistics about this, you do not need... This is just like that CBO report I mentioned in the newsletter that we sent out last week. You do not need some fancy study to tell you and all these, you know, all these complicated statistics, whatever, to tell you that this is just complete bullshit. All you need to do is 
think about it. Use that thing that's rattling around between your ears, all right? And let's think about this. Because the exact same people that perpetuate this myth of a gender wage gap are the are the same people that will tell you that there are all these greedy companies and these greedy corporations that put profits ahead of people, that will do anything to make a buck. They want to exploit their workers to make as much money as possible, right? This is this is their whole line of thought. This is how they base their entire life philosophy off of. These corporations and these companies, they're out to exploit everybody. All they want to do is make profits. All they care about is money. Their workers be damned. The American people be damned. They'll exploit anything and everything in order to make a profit, right? However, at the same time, apparently, these same people claim that these greedy companies, these greedy corporations, knowing that they can pay women 77 cents on the dollar to do the exact same job that a man can do, for some reason, they're just not hiring a bunch of women to do all these jobs. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Either these are super greedy companies, hell-bent on maximizing their profits, right? If that's the case, then there wouldn't be any men working anywhere. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If they could, with the, with the flip of a switch, just fire all their men, and hire a bunch of women to do the exact same thing at 77 cents on the dollar. They automatically increase their profits by 23%. They cut their labor, co- labor costs by 23% instantaneously. Do you have any idea what a 23% reduction in labor costs does to a company? Their profit margins are razor thin. They will have an orgasm if you cut their labor costs by like 2%, by 3%, maybe 5%. If there was something they could do to cut their labor costs by 23%, they would do it instantaneously every day of the week and twice on Sunday. There would be no men working in the labor force. And that's how you know right off the bat that this whole gender wage pay gap thing is complete bullshit. Because if it were true, every company would be firing men and hiring women. So it's either completely false or women are not doing the exact same work that the men are doing. Those are the only two options, right? Because if it was, if it was true and, these, and for some reason these companies were so misogynistic, right? And so, you know, they, they were... Uh, so bigoted, they were so hell-bent on hiring men that they, they would sacrifice 23% in profits, it would be easy to start a company, hire a bunch of women, pay them 77 cents on the dollar, and undercut those your competitors and just drive them out of business. But you don't see that happening. Why? Because this is a fucking myth. It's complete bullshit made up by advocacy groups to give these politicians their fucking one-liners, you know, their slogans that they can run on because that's what these Democratic candidates need to do. They're obsessed with intersectionality, gender, race, sexual orientation. They have to divide everybody up into these groups. You know, you're, you're in this group and you're in that group and they, they create all these special categories for people and then they grant you these special privileges 
and they say if you vote for me, you know, you're so you're in this special group. You're you're you've you're being oppressed. Obviously, you're being oppressed by white men. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to grant you these special privileges if you vote for me. So vote for me, right? That's what they do. And that's what these studies do is it gives them that talking point, that 77 cents on the dollar talking point. That sounds so great to voters, right? It, it fits on a bumper sticker. It, it can be repeated left and right. And it takes an entire podcast, you know, 35, 40 minutes to debunk the whole thing. It's so much easier to just perpetuate the myth. And you get to make people out to be victims, which is all the rage right now. It's so hot right now to be a victim. And then you get to promise them all these wonderful things are going to do for them. More money, more power, uh, all, you know, more stuff. You, you get to buy their vote. So it's perfect. It works for the politicians. It works for the victims. It works for people that want that 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 are looking for an excuse as to why they're they're not where they want to be in life. It gives you a villain. You know, it gives you these these evil villains that you can point to and say, those are the ones that are holding you back. And those are the politicians that support them. It, it works on so many so many levels as the best myths tend to do. So right off the bat, if you just, it doesn't pass the smell test. All you have to do is apply a little common sense to know that this is complete bullshit. But that doesn't stop them from constantly parading around this, this idea that women are paid 77 cents to the, to the men's dollar for doing the exact same work. So where do they get these numbers from, right? Well, there was a study. And what this study essentially did was it added up, it took all the hours that women worked in various, all, all kinds of occupations. And then it took all of the hours that men worked in various occupations and it divided one into the other and it came up with this number, 77%. Okay, that's all they did. They, they, they never applied any of these basic, rudimentary, conventional controls that any honest study would do. Any study that was aimed at reaching the truth, that was aimed at actually figuring something out, that wasn't aimed at just coming up with some political talking point that you could hammer your adversaries with, right? Any, anybody that was actually concerned with figuring something out would have put in some basic controls. All right, the fact that they ignored things like what kinds of jobs people were working or what kind of degrees they had, what kind of PhDs they had. Not all PhDs are, are equal, okay? A PhD in education is not the same, does not pay as well as a PhD in engineering. What about hours worked, okay? Can you believe that they honestly, with a straight face, did this elaborate study to figure out how much women were being paid compared to men, and they didn't account for hours worked? They can't possibly be that stupid. That is impossible. That is deliberate, okay? If you're trying to, because uh, they do a full work week, right? A full work week, according to the federal government, is 35 hours a week, okay? Plus, 35 hours plus. So they're comparing women that worked 
35 hours a week with men that could work 60 hours a week, 65 hours a week, whatever, and drawing conclusions off of that. Being like, oh, well, that guy made so much more money than her. Well, yeah, he worked 30 hours a week more than she did. How about that? You think that might account for something? That's how you know how dishonest these studies were. If, if all you do is account for hours worked, that 27% gender wage gap drops down to 12%. Just that one thing alone. That's it. That, that, that's how crazy this is. Because you, know, you have like something like 12% of women work 35 to 39 hours a week, and only 5% of men do. And if you go to the next bracket, like 41 hours, you have 26% of men working 41 hours a week and only 14% of women. So men are working far more hours per week than women are. That's why they're making more money. All you have to do, all you have to do is account for that and that gender, wa- gender wage gap get, literally gets cut in half. And that's only one statistical control that any honest study would do. Any study that wasn't trying to just come up, that wasn't being reverse engineered to get the outcome that you were looking for because you're some advocacy group, any study would account for this. So this whole thing is bullshit, all right? It is the one of the biggest lies I've ever seen perpetuated so long, even though so many people have brought up all these points that I have. And now we have the, the U.S. women's soccer team. <sighs> on the news, uh, on social media, on major news networks, talking about how they need to be paid as mu- more or at least as much as the men do. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, the way they, they calculate these soccer salaries, from what I understand, is they take all of the, all of the revenue that's brought in from FIFA, which is you know, from the, the, the soccer league, right? All the money that the men bring in, and they divide it among all the teams. So depending on how well your team does, you get a certain percentage of that total revenue, right? And the women's league works the exact same way. The thing is, the men's league brings in something like $6 billion, with a B, dollars in revenue, and the women's league brings in like $131 million in revenue. Okay, so all the women's teams have $131 million to split amongst them, and the men's team men's teams have six billion. All right. Now, I I don't know if um, we've gone over the difference between a million and a billion on this show before, but it is significant. All right. The, these numbers, you know, especially when it comes to government spending, you know, millions, billions, trillions, it's almost impossible for us to wrap our heads around how big these numbers actually are. So I like to think of it in terms of time because that allows people to give them some sort of frame of reference that they can relate to. So one million seconds is 12 days approximately of time, okay? One billion seconds with a B is 31.7 years, all right? That is the difference between a million and a billion. So the women's soccer team brings in 130 million whatever. That's what they get to play around with. That's what they get to divide. Even even if they got all of that, <laughs> even if all of that went to the, to the World Cup winner, it wouldn't be enough to cover uh, what, uh, the percentage that a men's team gets. The irony is 
the women actually get a larger percentage of that $131 million pot than the men do of their, of their $6 billion pot. So they're actually making more money percentage-wise. They just have a smaller pot to draw from. So they're making this federal case out of women not making as much as men. And these women are actually making a larger percentage of the pot than the men are. You might want to pick a different industry to perpetuate your myth. The men's league brings in $6 billion. That's why they, have, they make so much more. The, the, the beautiful thing about the free market is that, especially in sports, sports is like one of the pure, the last pure things that we have where it's just like it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. If, you, if you're good at playing that sport, people will watch you play it. People will support you to play it. And people will pay you handsomely to play it. The thing is, there is a reason why. And I know this day and age, you're not supposed to talk about the differences between men and women. You know, we're all the same. There's no differences between men and women. Gender is a social construct. All that stuff, right? The fact of the matter is, there is a reason why we have men's leagues and we have women's leagues. Okay? If women were as good at these sports as men were, they would be playing in the men's leagues. There would be a spot for them on the men's roster. We don't, like, I, as far as I know, I don't think there's a rule against women playing in the NBA. That's why we don't designate one a men's league and the other one a women's league, right? You just have the National Basketball Association and then you have the women's National Basketball Association. It's not the Men's National Association. It's just the National Association. Anybody can play in there. You just have to be good enough. If there was a woman that was good enough to play in the NBA or a Major League Baseball or something like that, there would be a team that would, that would pay them to play because all they care about is their bottom line. All they want to do is make money and have a winning team, win the World Series, win the NBA championship, whatever. The reason there are two separate leagues is because the women cannot compete with men. This U.S. women's soccer team that just won back-to-back World Cups or whatever lost to a team of 15-year-old boys. Hadn't even gone through puberty yet. They just aren't as good, and therefore they aren't as as entertaining. They don't bring in nearly as much revenue as the men's league does. That's the bottom line. I mean, money talks. Money talks. And the money is saying people are voting with their dollars to show where their interests lie. And their interests lie across the world. This is not a United States thing. This is not just countrywide. This is worldwide that people want to watch men play these sports for whatever reason. I mean, believe me, I I have no idea why anybody wants to watch soccer. It is like watching paint dry it is the most boring sport to watch it is the probably the easiest professional sport i have very little respect for any soccer player i mean this is this has got to be the easiest sport to make it as a professional all you do is run around and kick a ball let's not blow this out of proportion i get i get that the the best at, in the world at kicking the ball are very good. You know, they can bend it like Beckham or whatever. 
but let's not pretend that this is a really hard sport to make it in. All right. And I've gotten into arguments with, with, with people. I'm sure I'm going to piss off a lot of soccer fans out there across the world. I, this is a very popular sport. I'll get into that in a minute. But think about it like this, right? If you were to take the average person, just average person off the street, and you put them into a professional sport, say, let's take baseball. How ridiculous do you think the average person, the average guy on the street would look if he was in the batter's box staring down Randy Johnson, the unit, throwing 100 miles an hour, 100 mile an hour fastball from 60 feet, six inches away with movement. And he's got to hit it with a bat and put it, he's got to put it in play. And then he's got to get it past eight people that are playing defense and make it to first base. How fucking ridiculous do you think that guy would look? How long do you think, how many swings do you think it would take for him to put the bat on the ball and to make that ball go in between the two lines? My God, it would be hilarious. He would be terrified. You have any idea what it's like to stand up in that batter's box and have somebody throw a ball at you at 95 miles an hour? Moving around a curveball? Have you ever tried to hit a fucking curveball? Jesus Christ. At the professional level, you you look like an alien. You would look like you had never never held a baseball bat in your life. You would look ridiculous. I happen to play baseball, so maybe I have a little bit of a bias here. But we work on our swings for thousands of hours. Thousands of hours in the cages, just swinging a bat over and over and over again. But you could take any and take any other sport. Take golf. I was just at one of those golf bar places, you know, that you can hit, uh, hit, hit the golf balls onto the range, but they also have food and drinks or whatever for my cousin's engagement party. Have you ever seen the average person swing a golf club? <laughs> it's hilarious. It is unbelievable how unathletic people can be. And, oh, perfect example. The bear, so the Bears, uh, I'm in Chicago, Bears fan, right? And the Bears infamously blew a a field goal in the playoffs this last year right it was like a 35 yarder it was the double doink right we had this field goal kicker who was notorious for hitting the 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 uprights right and he 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 does the double doink off of off of an upright and the crossbar or something like that and they lost in you know historically embarrassing fashion and so like a week later they held these um, public field goal kicking tryouts or whatever, not tryouts, but where you can go and you can attempt a 30-yard field goal because all these Chicagoans were talking shit about this field goal kicker. No, oh, oh even I could have made that shot, right? You know, blah, 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 blah. He sucks. I could do that. I could have hit that 35-yarder. Well, they let these guys try, and it was fucking pathetic. Okay, these people, they're running up, they're falling on their ass. I don't I didn't see anybody come close to making this 35-yarder. And that just goes to show you that when you take the average person and you put them into a professional sports scenario, that they will most likely look like a complete retard. 
However, if there was one sport where you could take the average person and put them on the field and have them not look like a complete retard, that they could probably fake it long enough. Like it would take you the longest to pick out the, you know, if you were watching the game and you had to figure out who the average person was that wasn't the professional athlete, soccer would be that sport. You could run up and down the field. You could kick the ball a few times. Yeah, sure, you're not going to do anything great. You're not going to be scoring goals. You're not going to be crushing the ball from like 30 yards out and bending it on an angle into the goal or whatever. But you could fake it. You wouldn't look like a complete idiot out there. I guarantee you, I could. you could put me on a soccer field right now and 90% of the people watching wouldn't be able to pick me out you know, as, as the, as the amateur for at least half the game guaranteed, because all you're doing is running up and down and kicking a ball. That's how you know that this is one of the easiest fucking sports. And that's why it's so unentertaining. Score like one fucking goal. They'll be tight 90 minutes in no goals. Jesus Christ. And then you have these men I I've never watched uh, women's soccer. I will confess, but the men's league I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, maybe these women should be paid more because I, I can't imagine that they're bigger pussies than these men flopping around, pretending that they get injured all the time. Like you breathe on them and they just go flying back, pretending that they've, they've broken their leg or something like that. They have no fucking self-respect, no dignity, no nothing. They're a bunch of pathetic fucking losers, all of them. And oh yeah, oh it's the most popular sport in the world. Yeah, it's the most popular sport in the world because it's the cheapest to fucking play. And there are tons of poor countries with a lot of people who who want to play a sport. I mean, it costs a ball. <laughs> That's it. You don't even need a goal. I, you could set up. You could take two rocks and set up a fucking goal. You just put them ten feet apart or whatever the goal distance is. You could play it anywhere. You could play it on the beach. You could play it in a field. You could play it on a street. All you need is a ball. You don't even need shoes. You could play it barefoot. That's why it's the most popular sport, and because it's so fucking easy to play that anybody can do it. It takes almost no athletic ability whatsoever. You don't have to spend 10,000 hours trying to figure out how to swing a bat or a golf club or anything like that. You can just pick up a ball and start playing. That's why it's so popular. Because anybody can play it. Any Joe Schmo off the street can, can actually be somewhat competent at kicking the ball. I mean, this is a sport that I mastered when I was like 8 years old. <laughs> anyway, I, I forget where I was going with that. Um, the other thing is, why does this have to be like, why do we have to politicize everything? Can't we just have a, can't we just have a soccer game and have it be a soccer game and leave it at that? Do we really need to drag in these political talking points and turn it into this whole ordeal or a football game without the kneeling for the flag? Can we just have a baseball game, a football game, a soccer game, and let it be that and just enjoy it? Can we stop having these ugh, this, these politics that are just seeping into every aspect of our lives? It's, it's, it's exhausting. And maybe it wouldn't be so bad if 
the politics, you know, and all this propaganda that gets spewed out wasn't complete bullshit. But if it's always going to be some myth, some fallacy, some lie that just gets perpetuated over and over and over again, like this gender wage gap myth, and I have to spend every waking minute explaining in excruciating detail to everybody how this is just such bullshit and they're lying to you and that that doesn't exist. Maybe it wouldn't be that bad, but that's what it is. They, they just perpetuate these fucking lies. And I just, I just want to have sports be sports, politics be politics. Why can't we separate those worlds? What, what is this, this desire to ruin all these good things that bring us together? Because sports usually bring people together of all, you know, all um, economic backgrounds, races, whatever. It, you can unite through your love of a sport. And then you have to take, you know, you win the World Cup. Congratulations. That's a great accomplishment, whatever. But now you got to make it about this gender wage gap that doesn't even actually fucking exist and whether or not you're going to visit the White House. And and I don't know. There's just something so disgusting about taking a, a good thing, you know, a team win that should bring people together and turning it into this political thing that you can now stump on. I saw Kamala Harris had a bunch of tweets out there. You know, she's been doing better in the polls now that she had that good first round of debates. But she had this this tweet that, that oh my God, this tweet. It was like, I don't remember exactly, but I'm not going to butcher it. It was something like, you know, when I'm president, I'm going to flip the script on these companies. <laughs> And make them prove that they're paying their women the same amount that they're paying their men. <laughs> okay. Flip, she uses the term flip the script, right? Like, I, I, I'm sorry, prosecutor. That's not how this works, okay? You don't just get to flip the script on a company and overturn hundreds or thousands of years of jurisprudence and the burden of proof all of a sudden falls on the person being accused. No, no, that's not how this works, okay? You don't just get to flip the script because that's her thing. I'm going to come in and flip the script on the Constitution. I know that the Constitution is supposed to be this thing, this document that limits the powers of the federal government. But I'm going to flip the script, and I'm going to make that um, this document that says the federal government can do whatever they want. And the president is now this dictator, and I'm going to be the king or the queen uh, of the United States with unlimited powers. That's her thing. That's that's what she plans to do. She is going to be a a, a dictator, and, and she's going to couch it a, as flipping the script. Okay, yeah, I'm going to flip the script and just all of a sudden turn the burden of proof onto that uh, onto that person being accused. This is insanity. That's not how this works. Okay, if if you if you want to accuse somebody of breaking a law, and by the way, we already have a law. We already have an Equal Pay Act. It was passed in 1963 that says it's illegal to pay your workers, pay your female workers less than the male workers for doing the exact same work. So I have no idea what these politicians are trying to run on. This law already exists. We've already made it illegal. We can't make it any more illegal. This is all just a bunch of pandering to women to get your vote. But the idea that you, you could just come in and flip the script as if there there's no controls in place. There's nothing 
there's nothing to limit your powers. It should be very scary to people, okay? Uh, I know it doesn't sound bad if you're flipping the script. It makes it sound like she's doing something, you know, um, innovative and, and noble or whatever, but that's not what she's doing. You don't just get to come into office and and change change the rules unilaterally as if there's no Congress, there's no Senate, there's no House of Representatives, there's no Supreme Court. You don't just get to do these things. The president is not supposed to have any power, really. If you read the Constitution, the, the founding documents of this country, the president is not supposed to have a lot of power. And it is it is very sad and very scary that we've taken this role, this this figurehead role of the presidency, whose who's really only, only power was commander-in-chief of the armed forces once Congress declares war. I mean, that's pretty much all the president was supposed to be in charge of. Okay, but over the years we've set precedents that gives the, the the presidency all kinds of power to just pass all these executive orders, to start bombing third world countries, to drone bomb American citizens overseas. That's the real scary thing, because you know when you hear these proposals from from a politician, you have to imagine that whatever power they're trying to get you to grant them, you have to take that power and imagine it being wielded in the hands of your worst nightmare. Everybody has this tendency to be like, well, it, you know, if it's a politician that I support and they're going to do something that I want them to do, well, then that's great, and I support that. You know, I support Kamala Harris. She's going to get in there, and she's going to make it even more illegal for companies to pay women less than men somehow. I don't know how she's going to do that, but I support that. With a stroke of a pen, she's going to pass all these gun laws or something like that. Don't, if you're a Kamala Harris supporter, don't think of it as Kamala Harris having that power. Think of it as Donald Trump having that power. Your worst enemy, all right? And if you're, all of, all of you Trump derangement syndrome people out there, you are not afraid of Donald Trump. Okay, Donald Trump, the man, was never a problem. He's been around your entire life. He's been slapping his fucking name up on buildings in the tackiest way imaginable. He's been a big orange cartoonish buffoon on reality TV for the last 20 years, and it was never an issue. Never an issue. You never gave it a second thought. You just laughed at him. Going back and forth with Rosie O'Donnell, it was hilarious. I'll probably sue Rosie. It'd be fun for me to take some money out of her fat fucking pockets or whatever, right? He was just a, he was just a, a hilarious buffoon. When it becomes scary is when he, be, he, he starts to control this $4.5 trillion leviathan of a government that's got its tentacles in everything, every aspect of your daily life, every aspect of your private life, your social life, your, your, your job, it's, it's everywhere. That's where it becomes scary. And that's why government is a bad idea because power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the type of power that we have allowed our government to wield, the amount of power that we have entrusted them with attracts the most despicable people on the face of the earth. You, you literally have to be a narcissistic piece of shit to want to run for president. Like, literally, by definition. 
to think that you are the are are so great and so knowledgeable that you know what's best for 320 million people to think that you should be at the helm of this beast i mean look who it attracts i mean i i started off the show talking about the the jeffrey epstein and the pedophile ring that he's involved in i mean who are these people why are they attracted to government what is it about that power this narcissism that, that you could rule over 320 million people. There is something there. There is something that attracts these types of people, these sexual abusers, uh, sex trafficking, underage sex rings, pedophiles. You, ha- you have it on both sides of the aisle. Like our current president and the person who ran against them are both connected to this Jeffrey Epstein guy who's been fucking banging underage teens and... and and having some sort of underage pedophile sex romp private island thing going on for the last like 20 years. Who, what the hell is going on here? And, and so there's something, about, there's something about having that kind of power that attracts these types of people, these rapists, these pedophiles, sexual assaulters. These are the types of people that you're putting in power. And since we have a two-party system, since we we're hell bent on Democrats and Republicans, you're only going to get these these and and they have and both those parties have a lot of control over who gets the nomination. Uh, we we saw that last last election cycle with how that how Bernie Sanders got screwed in favor of Hillary Clinton. You're you're only going to get to choose between you know pedophile A and sexual assaulter B. These are the types of people you're turning over the keys to the country to. The very people that you think government exists to protect you from are the ones you're putting in power. If you have an all-powerful government, a government that can do whatever it wants, whenever it wants, to whoever it wants, a government that can confiscate any portion of your earnings that it deems necessary and fair, a government that can lock you in a cage for violating any one of their thousands of laws— a government that can spy on you, coerce you, steal from you, bomb third world countries while they're getting rich beyond their wildest dreams in the process. If you have that kind of government, which we undeniably do, I don't see how anybody can deny that, it's always going to attract the most despicable people because those are all despicable things to do. And despicable people by definition, like to do despicable things. You know what I mean? And they love to do despicable things. They especially love to do despicable things under the guise of doing something noble, which is what the system that we have set up allows them to do. That's why democracy is so evil. It gives them cover. It justifies everything that they do. And every once in a while, the curtain gets pulled back and we get a glimpse of what the man behind the curtain looks like. And it's all these pedophiles and these sex offenders and these narcissists. I mean, best case scenario, you get a narcissist like Barack Obama that all he does is kill people in other countries, right? Worst case scenario, you get a murderous dictator that kills hundreds of millions of your own citizens. And we've seen that throughout history too. This is not just a simple case of voting in the right person. They are all going to be like this. They are all human. They are all capable of evil. They are all capable of corruption. They are all prone to corruption. 
and the, the amount of the, and the system that we have set up and the amount of power that's involved, it attracts people that are attracted to that type of power. And the people that are attracted to that type of power apparently are a bunch of fucking despicable, disgusting people. Does this sound like a good system to you? I mean, how much worse could the alternative be? I know ANCAPs take a lot of shit for not wanting a government. But look at, look at these people. Look at who you've been putting in power. So if, if you're sick and tired of being ruled and manipulated by pedophiles and sex offenders and underage sex traffickers, if you want to roll back the supreme government powers that we've allowed to slip into the hands of a bunch of psychopaths in Washington... If you want to protect yourself and those that you care about against brutal authoritarian regimes, I need you to do a couple things for me. First, I need you to continue to listen to the show. Download and subscribe. Give us a a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars if you think the show is worth it. And if you want to support the show monetarily, you can go to our website, peddlingfictionpodcast.com. Click on the support show link and you can make any any type of donation that you feel appropriate there and follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. But share the show. Share these ideas. We need to increase our reach, increase our audience. And if you can do all that, I will be back in a couple days to continue to promote these ideas of freedom and liberty. And until then, just remember to keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.